carnivores, herbivores, and omnivores. Check that your stripes are in order. Growl at your fellow members of the genus Panthera and feast upon the flesh of a succulent ungulate. Because it's time to talk tall to me. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Omen Said. And I am Nick McGill. Together, we are feckless moans. And guess what? This is Talk Told Me. A woodland hunt through the dangerous forest that is Prog Rock, where Nick and I, voracious for flesh, will hunt album by album for juicy tidbits from the jackrabbit of Benefit to the capybara of Aqualung, all the way down to the tree rat that is the Christmas album. Bite by bite, song by song, Nick and I will devour the entire discography of Jethro Tull. Before we dive into today's yummy, still steaming meal, mm. I've got a little note from our Anglo correspondent. Ah. John has written in in response to our, our desperate pleas from Act 3 of A Passion Play, the business office ah. of Giotti and Son. Fantastic. Dear John writes, I don't know of any particular significance to Kentish Town, which we, hmm. we asked why. Yes, I remember. Why, why should we pray for the souls of Kentish Town? And he, he wonders if it actually was a part of London that Ian lived in at some point. Yeah. Because th- that's why we hear Baker Street Muse later on, so he could have just been affected by it. Right. Also, in, in that episode, he, he talks about, you talked about pie in the sky, but didn't pick up on the religious aspect of that phrase. It originated with the song, The Preacher and the Slave, which satirized the Christianity preached to slaves as offering pie in the sky when you die. Ooh, how timely, John. Yeah, pretty pretty poignant right now. You in the sky when you die, that's the lie. What, who is that song? It looks like Utah Phillips. Oh, Utah, Utah Phillips. Utah Phillips, the preacher and the slave. Yeah. And then finally, more obscure than that is the phrase, I'll go to the foot of our stairs. Huh. which is an expression of surprise and disbelief from the north of England, typically uttered by working-class women. It is of unknown origin, but is likely a <laughs> genteel locution for an obscenity. Have a nice day, John. Much obliged, John. As always, thank you, John, for your your Anglo insight. We appreciate it. And I love I'll go to the foot of our stairs. It's basically saying, like, get out of here, right? But but instead of telling someone to get out of here, you're saying, I'll get out of here. Like, I, I can't handle it. I can't stand it. So I'll just go upstairs. You're threatening to leave the room. Or, or are you saying, like, go to the foot of our stairs? No, it's, it's I'll go to the foot of our stairs. So it's, it's speci- Well, that's how Ian sings it. Is, is that what John wrote? Oh, yeah, that's what he has here. Huh. Yeah. Well, fond listeners, try out that expression in your daily usage and tell us which usage of it works best for you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, please. 
please let us know how how and why you're using it. Yeah. And we'll and we'll, what the reaction we'll make a yeah. What do people think of it? <laughs> and we'll make a compilation. Call us from prison <laughs> when you have some some good research on it. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's used frequently in 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 prisons. Well, John, thank you as always. You are truly the awful in our steak and kidney pie. <laughs> yeah, that's. I could not have put that any better. No, I, I hope I hope you will. <laughs> but that is it for our notes. Again, thank you, John. Let's move on to the song that we will be discussing today. And Nick, what song is that that we will be talking tall about? That song is the smash radio hit, Bungle in the Jungle. Ooh, let's have a listen. <laughs> Well, Nick, there we have it. There we have it. Omen, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on Bungle in the Jungle? I don't think we've ever really talked about this one. I love it. It's really good. You know, it's... Uh, you, I sort of feel like all... There are there are really not that many Jethro Tull songs where I'm like, no, I don't really want to listen to that. But right. like, you know, this one, this one is nostalgic for me. It gives mm-hmm. me a sense of... It sort of triggers that part of my brain that like brings me back to being a teenager because I heard it, you know, all, I listened to this song a lot when I first started listening to Tull. Yeah, this this must have been on the one of the, those greatest hits that you had. This has to be. Oh, absolutely. It's fun to sing. Yeah. It's like easy to sing along to. It's got that lovely harmony that Ian does with himself. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's... The, the lyrics are not so opaque that, like, you have to either ignore them or, like, really, really, really think yeah. about what they mean. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's an easy song to get into. It. Yeah. It's accessible. And the, his, the, the, the singing, the singing is clear enough that you can understand what he's saying, which is not always the case sometimes. And, and it's just fun to sing. Like, the lyrics are, are kind of silly sounding. Yeah. I think I said last week, Nick, that this is, you know, we discussed briefly how this is one of the few songs by Jethro Tull that you will reliably find in a karaoke book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, thus, it is one of the only songs that I have ever sung (laughs) at karaoke when I'm finally libated enough to, to set aside my, my introvert tendencies. We, we sang this at Coleman's. Didn't we? Yeah, that's. I'm sure. I'm sure we did. We must have. Yeah, I, yeah. I remember that. I remember that actually. Yeah. <laughs> and it also like it's it's a better karaoke song than Aqualung, than Aqualung or Locomotive Breath mm. because Locomotive Breath has that long, long solo yeah. in the middle that you always forget about until like the whole bar is just staring at you for like a minute <laughs> yeah. and a half yep. while you stand there. Yeah, like you can pretend to air guitar, but you still feel like a dummy. I often would just sing the solo. Yes, as as you do, yeah. As I do. <laughs> yeah, Nick, uh, single word reactions to this song, go. Fun. Fun. It's a, it's a very fun song. Sorry, that was more than one word. No, let's go back and forth. So oh, you had fun. Okay. I'll say bombast. Mm, mm-hmm. 
Susian. Hmm. Lush. I think that's good. <laughs> I don't yeah, know how I far we, we want to go with that. <laughs> the Thrilling radio. The whole, the whole podcast. <laughs> Let's talk about some quick facts. Yes. So this song was started at the Chateau d'Urville and right. is was part of the the failed Chateau disaster recording series. It was it was reworked and finished in time to be released on War Child. It was also released as a single around the same time. Mm-hmm. It was the A side of a of a single with oh, it was Backdoor Angels. So oh, it was, interesting. It was the A side of a two side single with uh, Backdoor Angel. <laughs> of course, it had two sides. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, it wasn't one of those non-Euclidean records where it only has one side. Yeah. Mo- a mo- Stand by one second. Mobius album. I have to let 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 Tiki out. That single reached some pretty high numbers. It was one of Jethro Tull's most successful singles mm-hmm. in history. It didn't quite break the top ten in England or the States, but it was it was near. I think it was it was number twelve in both both cases. And it got to number four in a magical place called Canada. The the mythic north. Yes. Someday we may be able to prove its existence. I've I've heard tales. I've met people who claim to be from there and claim to have girlfriends from there, but I've never <laughs> <laughs> I've I've never I've never Never been. That's that's not true. Yeah, that's the only place out of country I've ever actually been. Oh, really? Huh. A sheltered life okay. I have led. <laughs> the, I've been to the the nicer United States. That's yeah, that's exactly. Been. So 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 what else? Uh, Fact wise, yeah, it, and you know, as we talked about, I think previously, this is one of the one of the handful of Jethro Tull songs that you, with some regularity, hear on classic mm-hmm. rock radio. Mm-hmm. Here in the States, uh, maybe that is different in other more civilized countries. Right. But here, yeah, you know, I my boss at at one of my jobs often plays, and by often I mean literally every second of the day, <laughs> plays classic radio. Classic rock, not like classical music. Oh, thank you for clarifying. Yeah. Yes, he does not play classical music. He plays classic rock. If I have to hear Italian restaurants. Oh, Lord. W- one more time. If I have to hear any Billy Joel, I could just... Mm. I will go and punch Long Island in its face. <laughs> punch Long Island off of the contiguous United States. Just exactly. send it into the ocean. A bottle of white... But yeah, I, you know, I, I usually hear Bungle in the Jungle, you know, kind of once a week. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really it. And it's it's nice because you, you – all you need to hear is the, the literal first note and you know what it is. Because if, it, yeah. if it's not the animal sounds, it's the flute and you're like, oh, Bungle in the Jungle. Okay. Yep, totally. Yeah. Let's talk about those animal sounds. What – what by Jove are those animal sounds? I believe that they are animals. Mm. Okay. I think I think that that cat sound is that you know, a, re- 
Yeah. I think it's a recording of, of some kind of a tiger or panther. Okay, I could see that. I don't know where they got it. I don't know if they made a trip to the, the London Zoo and just stuck a microphone in the tiger cage. Mm-hmm. Slathered Jeffrey Hammond Hammond up in in meat sauce and gave him a recorder. And I have a theory. Yes, tell me. They recorded the sounds of the band members who had food poisoning in in the chateau <laughs> and those are the noises that came out they just they just changed the uh the the like they, the they dropped the pitch a little bit and they dropped yep, the pitch exactly yep. and then, then we have some lovely birds and then we have some like little quick whistling which which doesn't sound at all like an animal to me that that bit's always confused me yeah that's that's clearly like that's the hum the humanoid animal i guess right it almost sounds like what you would use to signal either your fellow hunter yep. or perhaps like your mount with yeah right yeah it 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 leads i don't know if it's like supposed to just be another bird sound or not but it it it, it lends a very very human feel to it so it's not just an untouched pristine like jungle environment right which of course is you know probably intentional and leads us toward the theme of the song yeah. which is you know, as as coming out of the Chateau disaster, the the theme was was animals. Yeah, and this is a, you know, a a metaphor for human existence, yeah. kind yep. of making the comparison between animals and humans. Before we go any further, Omen, let's let's go back to facts real quick. How did Ian feel about this song? Ah, uh, yes, yes. As you can hear, this song is in four four time. Mm-hmm. And, it's catchy. Uh, it's fun. It's light. It's straightforward. Mm-hmm. And so it was not one of Ian's favorites. <laughs> Clearly, yeah. It was it was a, a begrudging production, probably to appease Terry, is my guess. Yeah. As was Living in the Past that we heard earlier. However, that there's a big difference there because Living in the Past, even though he created that to be a, a radio hit, which succeeded... That one he did spitefully in like an odd, an odd time, wasn't it five four or something like that? Yeah, it was. Whereas this one is really is straight ahead. Yeah, yeah. He just he maybe he knew that he had to produce another really good, solid, popular single, and he didn't want to put the time into it to spite. He's just like, okay, we got to do this, so let's let's do it. Right. So what he he said, I feel self conscious about it because I wrote it for radio play. It just feels a little too deliberate. <laughs> Which is the most Ian Anderson thing ever. Isn't any song deliberate, though? It, I mean, he's basically saying it feels just deliberately... It's a deliberate attempt at at, at a, a radio sing, single, I guess. Yeah, I think, you know, the, the phrase that I would use if I felt like that about something is, you know, I, I say, like, well, that feels a bit on the nose, you know. Sure, like, sure. But the f- it's so funny because when I listen to this song, I'm like, ah, that is rock and roll. Like that's mm. that's like it sounds like rock and roll. And like, of course, all of Tall sounds like rock and roll to one extent or another. But like, there's no denying that this is like good, clean, old fashioned yeah. rock and roll. I, I, it's, I think it's the closest that. Ian could get to sounding like like contemporary 
rock at the time while still yeah. making it feel like Tull because it's still weird enough and eccentric enough to be a Tull song, but it 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 it, it fits into that puzzle piece of this is classic rock. Right, right. It's not so weird. Like, you know, if this same song was recorded by the Beatles, you wouldn't be like, oh, my God, what the heck were they thinking? Like, you know, it's like it's. Yeah, it sounds like a rock and roll song. Even the way that like Martin is playing on this song is it it almost Mm. starts to sound like other guitarists. You know, there's that there's that lick where he's like, and it's like, oh, yeah, there's some stings in there that it's like, okay, yeah, I I would hear that on Leonard Skinner or Tom Petty. Yeah, or the Beatles. I mean, it Mm. sort of could be anyone, you know. I wonder how Martin felt about it. I'm sure he just enjoyed playing it. I don't I it and I have very little evidence for this, but it seems like it it really only bothered Ian for to have these these more mainstream sounding songs like Martin just wanted to play the guitar. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Martin just wanted yeah. to play the guitar. Yes, I agree with everything that you have just said. Thank you. I give it the omen stamp of approval. Ding. Oh, we have different different ideas of what stamps do. Oh, Tiki. Tiki. I thought you let her out. Yes, but cat. <laughs> Fair enough. Hashtag cat. Hashtag cat. So, Nick, why don't we talk a little bit more about the music? Let's take mm-hmm. a little deeper dive mm-hmm. into the into this jungle of into of music. Mm-hmm. Let's use the jungle metaphor, Nick. What would you say are the biggest plants musically in the jungle? What are the trees of this track? This, what's this like? What's the backdrop? What's the sound feel that we get here? What is the structure? What is the underpinning? You know, what what is the 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 primary thing off of which everything else is built? I think a lot of there's a lot of guitar going on in here. That is is, I don't want to say, I guess in the background, you know, it's not guitar, aside from those licks and stings that Martin does every now and then, there's still structural guitar in there that that doesn't terribly stick out as individual. It helps weave the piece together and support it as a whole. Yeah, yeah much like much like the, the rubber tree. Sure, yeah, that's what, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. Old Martin Rubber Tree Bar. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say that I would say that Ian's acoustic guitar is the are the roots of this song, okay. and and the uh, the electric guitar by with Martin are the uh, the branches okay. that, that leaves the upper story of this of the song. I see that, and it and it's because it's not because it's it's hard to pick them out at times it's difficult to see the forest for the trees whoa i think you may have just saved this metaphor my work here is done <laughs> let's keep let's keep going before before it gives out underneath us completely mm-hmm. i would say that the base are the the rattan vines mm. that are growing all over this song and allowing us to traverse quickly through it Jeffrey Hammond Hammond is doing something amazing, which which we don't hear that much, which is he kind of is playing the melody, not mm. in its full form, but he plays the melody sort of partially. You know, the the main part of the of the verses. Yeah. That Ian is singing. He sort of is going. 
dum 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 bom dum 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 and it's like it's really cool down by the water hole drunk every friday eating their nuts saving their raisins for sunday it's be- i i think it's probably because there's so much else going on sonically that it's okay yeah. for him to kind of jump in on that but the the problem there is with as is the case with the bass almost all the time it's hard to to really pick out and grasp anyway and if you're if you're not playing counterpoint to to the melody it's going to be even harder mm. uh, well and yet for me the bass stands out on this song i'm i'm going to have to listen to it again but i i that's never been a thing that has really registered with me the bass it probably depends on like how you're listening to it you know like i my headphones are pretty pretty bass heavy mm. Yeah. I I am, as you know, Nick, all about that bass. That's what I've heard. Yeah. And and No trouble. No no trouble. <laughs> the I would say at the about it's halfway through the second verse, is it so frightening mm-hmm. to have a meet at your shoulder? Is when our strings kick in. I made specific note of the line. I'm sure you did. Is it so frightening to have me to shoulder thunder and lightning? Couldn't They are the flowers. They are. I was going to say the bromeliads. I was going to say they're the bromeliads. <laughs> Nailed it. Thank you, D. <laughs> they are just they're they're that sweeping, lovely, classic war child string that we hear. Until yeah. a little bit later on, I think after that second chorus of of Bungle in the Jungle, there's there's a I guess you'd call it a bridge from between But I'm a Snake If We Disagree and the rivers are full of the crocodile nasties. Are you talking about there's a there, specifically in that chunk, there is a cello that comes I out. I was going to talk about the cello. Oh, oh, I'm I'm a sucker for cello. That's why yeah. I love the band Murder by Death because it's a it's like a grungy it's a, it's a grungier Johnny Cash sounding band with a rock cello and it they're they're amazing. They're hmm. absolutely phenomenal. So I know there's better brothers, but you're the only one that's mine. But so so that that made me jump like just latch right onto it. The cello is the is the instrument which most closely replicates the tonality of the human voice. Right, it has the the widest range that fits with with the human voice, right? Yeah. Yeah. It also looks it also looks like a human. It, uh, <laughs> in a in a dark closet you might mistake one for the a other. A short short stumpy 
round human. You know, everyone's got a type. I mean, sure. <laughs> some so some people cello... would, would shoot that cello. Others would caress it fondly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So following our metaphor, the cello would be... Ah, the cello, I mm. think, would be the the creeper vine that doesn't need a lot of sunlight mm-hmm. and just kind of like creeps along the forest floor and and you know gets light where it can take it but it, it it's one of those ones that's like spiky and has red on the bottom of the leaf to like re recollect up any any little bits of photons that that it can get mm. Okay. Yeah, because and because we only really it only really sticks out in that portion. Yeah. It, that's it it barely it, it barely sees the light of day. So that, that Wait a fits minute. Perfectly. I have a better I have a better metaphor. It is the carrion flower of Ooh, the okay. of the jungle. It blooms once, very rarely. It's a very impressive, seductive thing and if you're a fly, you might be attracted to mm-hmm. it. And then you would be forced to pollinate it, even though that's not your natural tendency as an insect, as a fly. And it's 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 hugely phallic, massively, <laughs> massively so phallic. phallic. I just want to point out: I hear bir- your window is open, so I hear birds chirping, and I couldn't be happier. F- that was intentional for this. I, I hired s- several dozen birds. I hired- <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's ruining me financially, but it's worth it. <laughs> Yeah. You know, Nick, that's really all I have musically. Well, and then um, and then I would just say like Ian singing and the flute are are birds and animals to to populate oh, yes. the Yes. But yes. but I don't think we need to go into that. I think that's 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 common knowledge. They're they're the fauna. Yeah. Yeah. So let's uh let's talk a little bit about the word bungle, mm. Nick. Okay. What would you how would you define the word bungle? Well, initially Originally, I've known the the term bungle as to bungle something, which is like to to mess something up. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. To make an unwitting mistake. Yeah. Or a series of them. However, this one, in in this usage in particular, this feels more like let's play or let's get down, let's get funky. Hmm. Let's... Let's. The original title of this song was "Let's Get Funky Like a Monkey." Oh, I'm I'm glad they changed it. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty yeah. pretty grateful for that. The other the other alternate suggested by Jeffrey Hammond Hammond was, "We're gonna do our Hera like a capybara." And you'll notice that that Jeffrey Hammond Hammond is not <laughs> featured on any other songs after yeah. after this. <laughs> That's right. He was. He had to go sit in a corner and think about what yep. he's done. No more speaking rules for you, Jeffrey. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, so so you're, you're suggesting that it that that beyond its sort of dictionary meaning, it has a a more broader meaning, which which perhaps only exists in the context of this song. Let's romp. Let's play. Let's 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 do our thing. Yeah, I it it, it certainly doesn't feel like it has that that feeling of making a mistake unless you make some bad choices in the jungle and that's your mistake, you know? Well, I, I think that, I think that it might actually be both. You know, I think that I, I had the immense privilege to, to go to the rainforests in Ecuador Mm -hmm. once. And, 
You know, it's 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 very sexy because like there's just so much life happening in every cubic meter. Yeah. Like things are eating and reproducing and flowering and dying and rotting like all at the same time. It is not to men's words, it is a party. It, and it's damp. And it's damp yeah. also, yeah. Now it there's there's a certain it's it's hard not to feel alive in that situation and and that that vivacity makes you kind of kind of lose inhibitions, I would think. You know, it's like I, I want I want to be alive too. This is a place where I can be truly alive. I'm not It's life affirming. I'm yeah. Yeah, I'm not stuck in a concrete jungle. I'm stuck in a real jungle. Right. So like let's let's make some mistakes. Let's let's yeah. bungle, baby. Let's bungle. Yeah. You could be my mistake of the night. And and you haven't worn clothes since. I no yep. yes. Nudist. I am I'm not not allowed in polite society. <laughs> Actually, I think that there is a country song that's that's titled like "You Were My Favorite Mistake" or something. Oh, like that. I've gotta be, gotta be. I'm yep. sure. Maybe, maybe more than one. Probably, probably. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I think that it's sort of like a. I mean, also, of course, it rhymes, which is helpful. It, it's it's pretty useful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I suppose he could have had something to rhyme with forest or. Plain or so desert. Morris dance <laughs> in the forest prance. <laughs> that's that's beautiful. I would, and that would make one. Let's have some fundra in the tundra. <laughs> the the Morris dance in the forest prance is my favorite music video, though. It's just Morris dancing, <laughs> yeah, which is reviled it. world round. By the way, is it? It really is. I've I've heard nothing but just like people talking. Pretty, pretty negatively about Morris dancing. Yeah. Oh, I think it's one of those things that like, you know, if it's it's like asparagus, if it's not done really well, then you probably develop a dislike for okay. it. If you, you know, you know. Yeah. And it's easy to not do well. It's very easy to not do yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. That's, what, that's why I don't do it. Asparagus or Morris dancing. Yeah. Yeah. Neither. Neither. <laughs> so, so, right. I mean, and I, I feel like that's sort of, you know, this is the... This is the the crux. This is the nugget of this song. Oh, of it's course, like, yeah. Life is sexy. Yep. And I'm a big cat. Life is sexy. I'm sexy. You're sexy. Let's be sexy together. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a party song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's the Miley Cyrus of 1974. <sighs> Miley Cyrus was the Miley Cyrus of 2002. <sighs> like she's not around anymore. <laughs> I. <laughs> I, I have I have nothing. I have I have no modern references and I I'm not sorry for it. Let's, <laughs> speaking of metaphors, let let's talk about some of the some of the the metaphors that that Ian goes through in this song. You know, mm-hmm. so like the whole the whole thesis is like we can compare human attributes and activities to attributes and activities that occur in the jungle. And so, you know, in in a society that Ian was living in, let's like to see if we can draw out some of the parallels. So, yeah, walking through forests of palm tree apartments. Walking through forests of palm tree apartments. Fairly, fairly straightforward. Right. My apartment in New York is actually a palm tree. 
Do palm trees have coconuts? No. A coconut has some coconut has coconut, right? Well, a coconut is a is a palm oh, it tree. is okay. The, yeah. Oh, n- not all not all palms are coconuts, but all coconuts are palms. Right. Okay. Dates are palms. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So yes, it's it's roomy and datey and <laughs> nutty. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. There we go. So, but walking there, the forests have palm tree apartments. But there is another class level of monkeys who live in dark tents. Scoff at the monkeys who live in their dark tents. Right. I, you know, for me, palm trees are elegant and, you know, they're often in rows. It kind of reminds me of like walking downtown where the high rises are all beautiful and glittering and clean. And then and then going to, you know, the outskirts where everyone le- lives in, in smaller houses. Mm, okay. So this is, this is definitely... Uh, the the big question I have is this, and maybe they, now that I think about it, I don't think they're two separate things. I was going to say, is this a racial thing or is this a class thing? And I think it's, it's a Venn diagram here. I think it's just a yes answer. I think that in England at that time, class was more of a prominent discussion mm. than than race, okay. and I, I, I think that there's more of a tradition. There, I mean, obviously, especially in the states, that line would have definite problematic racial overtones. But yeah. I think that the way that Ian is intending it is, you know, that he's saying that the working class are monkeys. Sure, sure. It, it's it's not not necessarily a racial thing. It's just what he's chosen because the the lower class is is the prey. Right. Yeah. Whereas the lions and tigers are the the rich upper class who don't have to do anything. Yeah, they're fast um, but lazy and sleep in green meadows. Lions and tigers who wait in the shadows. They're fast but they're lazy and sleep in green meadows. Right. But when they choose to act, their 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 actions are yeah. devastating, and you know they because of capitalism they prey on on the lives of yeah. those around them. Oh, but they look but they look great doing. They, it. Oh, they look so fantastic. I just, the rest of the, the middle that we jumped over in that first line, it just really clicked for me. The monkeys who live in their dark tents, down by the water hole, drunk every Friday, eating their nuts, saving their raisins for Sunday. Down by the water hole, drunk every Friday, eating their nuts, saving their raisins for Sunday. That's, that's saving their pennies. You know, saving for, some, saving for something special. You know, you, 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 you scrape by during during the the week eating the bare minimum and you save for some little thing that's exciting for you oh like a roast yeah or or is it or is it are the raisins going going to the church is, is that the uh, oh is that the, the little the, the, I, the, the what's it either the the tithe mm-hmm. either either works really because sunday is traditionally the sunday roast as well yeah right. What if instead of a Sunday roast where you like put a big piece of meat in the oven, you just you picked someone and made jokes at their expense? <laughs> a, Sunday a Sunday roast. roast. Sunday roast. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. That'd be great. I. It would probably be more divisive than getting your family together every Sunday. Uh, could be. Depends on the family, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, my family gets together every other Sunday, and we don't talk politics. I'll tell you that roasts the hell out of each other. Yeah, well, we we kind of do. That's the relationship uh, my I brothers see. and I have. You know, Nick, I just had a thought. You you know this this whole metaphor of like 
the what my mother would call the charismatic megafauna of the tigers and lions being the kind of you know the the big boys in town that was my you know that was my I, screen name back in the late 90s was charismatic megafauna oh that was yeah. you wow yeah sorry sorry for everything i said well, you were a you were a mean <laughs> mean person <laughs> My fiance and I live in a neighborhood of New York, which is predominantly Dominican. Mm, uh, okay, folks from the f- folks from the Dominican Republic, and apparently the local term for like a young ruffian is a tigre. Oh, okay. It means so it means chipmunk, right? <laughs> it does. <laughs> Spanish is a strange language. No. <laughs> No, so and and like the metaphor is so clear. It's like, and you see these guys out stalking around with their mm-hmm. friends and like, you know, looking all looking for trouble, sexy, looking sexy, looking for trouble, yep. looking you know fast but lazy. Sure, sure, perhaps. And it's so it's you know, it, it's perhaps not this metaphor is not one that Ian Anderson invented. I would say, sure, I think he's just using it in a, an exceptional way. Now the the verse that really gives me a little bit of trouble is the final the final verse okay obviously there's a lovely little there's a lovely little like religious chestnut here okay he who made kittens put snakes in the grass he's a lover of life but a player of pawns the rivers are full of crocodile and he who made kittens put snakes in the grass he's a lover of life that is such a beautiful line to me, and you know, I, I just, I just love the that concept of like, of like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, you like cute, wonderful little animals. Guess what? Those like, for the same reason that those things exist, all these things that are horrible and that you hate them exist. Right, like, it's all yeah. part of the same ecosystem. Mm-hmm. You can't have kittens without having snakes in the grass. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that is that's that's what they say. That is uh, a direct quote from the Bible. That is the that's yeah. the quote that I used in my vows when I got married. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I am the kitten, I am the snake in the grass. <laughs> you are my kitten, I am your snake in the grass. Uh but then the line Yes, the king on his sunset lies waiting for dawn. To light up his jungle as play is resumed. Just the king on the sunset lies waiting for dawn. To light up his jungle as play is resumed. That is confusing to me. The king of his sunset lies waiting for dawn. Is that sort of, are are we looking at the, is this a continuation of the the kind of God conversation here? Saying that he's the Alpha and Omega? I, I think so. I think so. It 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 almost has a semblance of like end of days almost or like he's waiting for for revelation and everything and and he, then he'll raise everybody and and or is it just saying that that life and death are the ongoing theme of the jungle that it's eating and being eaten and mm-hmm. that's that's what illuminates the jungle with activity. Mm. It is Beauty can be seen in the light and it's and for everything that is prey, they're hoping to get by until dawn comes. Maybe. Mm. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, it's 
It's a weird one. A, a part of me makes it feel like Ian doesn't understand the concept of nocturnal animals because he makes it sound like <laughs> like everything stops at night. Every, everybody right. goes to sleep. And which which I mean, in in the the, the concrete jungle that that does right. happen. Well, he, yeah, he's from Black. Yeah. Kid, so I'm sure that I'm sure that at a certain point they roll up the sidewalks here in New York. I I wish that more animals were nocturnal, Nick. Um, diurnal. Because. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish that fewer animals were nocturnal. There you go. Because I would love to get some sleep. I I think that. This is another wonderful example of an amoral representation of divinity. Mm. Or not yeah, I guess yeah. yeah. And I don't mean I don't mean immoral. Right, right. That's yeah, that's why I stopped myself. Yeah, there there's there is a certain aspect it kind of falls in between old and new testament of 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 God just letting stuff happen. You know, I created it. Now yeah. I'm going to watch this experiment happen and not interfere. It's like if God was French. <laughs> uh, let the kitten be eaten by the snake. <laughs> I don't care. It is the right of the kitten. Where's my Galois? The right of the snake. <laughs> my Where's my Galois? What is it's a Galois? It's a little, the thing that you put a cigarette in. It's like, like the long plastic thing. Uh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Of course, God smokes cigarettes out of a he, out of a cigarette. He does, holder. of course. Yeah, yeah. So, what's what's our overarching theme here? Sexy, sexy death and life. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like, yeah. I think it's it's like it's like, you know, look at the world. It's this sexy mosh pit of people devouring each other. It's like that that scene from the second. Matrix? Was that the like the club rave turned into an orgy sex scene? Did you, was that second or third? Did you not see that one? Are you thinking about Bane? I no. mean Blade? Also no. What? There there is a rave, yeah, in that one too. But no, right. there's there's something that this weird like rave orgy scene in the second or third Matrix where wow. it just devolves, yeah. Yeah. Or evil. <laughs> I think it is that, and I think, but I think additionally, it's like you know, we live in a world where it's eat or be eaten mm-hmm. or both, and you know, there's no escape from this existence. But we're big cats. Yeah, we we can we can be predators, so we can be confident. And more broadly, it's to me, I just get the sense of let's give in to our animalistic desires because everybody else is. Right. It's the truth, so why not embrace yeah. it? Let's bungle in the jungle. Yeah. There's no there's no right there are no right choices, so let's make so let's enjoy our mistakes. Let's in, let's enjoy the choices that that we make regardless of the the prey that are affected. Yeah. Right. Are you going to eat that wild boar cuz cuz if you're not somebody else will. Yeah. So you might as well eat it because you don't know when your next wild boar is coming. Right, exactly. It's not like they have wild board delivery Oop. services. Jungle, jungle Uber Eats, Uber Board, Uber, <laughs> Uber, Uber Meats. Oh, there it is. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I should, 
I should get three hours of sleep every time we record. Perfect. Before, I, <laughs> before every we'll, episode. We'll we schedule record. accordingly. Hmm. <laughs> Nick, anything else that we want to say about Bungle in the Jungle? Not particularly, no. I'm 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 pretty happy with the assessment. I think, like you said, it's not it's not so confusing and opaque. And it, it it's it's just nice to see that every now and then. Nice to see I think one that's hel- kind of it's there's still analogy there, but it's like, okay, we get yeah. it, yeah. I think it's hilarious that the B side of this single was backdoor A. Right? I can imagine people like listening to the A side and being like, yeah, oh, wow, uh-huh, bungle, yeah, sexy cats. And they flip it over and they're just like, what? Yeah, I, I want to know what? who made that decision. Was it just, yeah, was it just it like, let's Anderson, roll a die and see see which one comes up? or? No, I'm sure it was like Terry Ellis being like, Ian, we need a new single. It has to be a hit. And Ian was like, oh, fine. We'll use this sexy animal song. <laughs> but, but on the other side, I will put a song which will terrify the nightmares of people for years to come. I mean, rare, rarely does anyone talk about the B-side of a single. It, it, it has its own specific connotation for a reason. If I were to release a single, Nick, the, the, the A-side would be you know, a good a good song people could enjoy. Mm-hmm. A little uh, and then toe the B side, yeah. You'd flip it over, and the B side would just be five hundred live bees would fly out of the album <laughs> and, and 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 just terrorize your apartment. That is expensive to do. It wouldn't sell very many nope. copies. Nope. But it would be memorable. That's right. And it 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 promotes the pollinators, which is very important. So that's right. Yeah, I can back that's that. Right. Don't be a hater. Be a pollinator. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Peace, peace, love, and and dandelions. So next week, Omen. Yeah. What are we listening to? Nick? Next week, we are going to listen to. It's a little one. It's a short one, but it is heavily laced in commentary. It is only solitaire. Oh, the shade is real. <laughs> Cast- Bring your flashlight. <laughs> it is it is the brightest shade I've ever seen. Only solitaire Indeed. next week. Exciting. Until then. It's not a bungle to go to the jungle that is Apple Podcasts to leave us a review and wow. five stars. In fact, it might be the best decision you make today. Everybody, every animal is doing it, so you should really do it too. Give in to your animalistic desires to rate us. Wow. Yeah. I feel. I feel bad. I feel like I. Yeah. I feel bad about that one. You can. You can choose whether you want to create the kitten of a positive review, or be a snake in the grass and not review us at all. Those are the only two options. Those are the only two. Those are the only two animals. <laughs> Fact. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Until next week, I am Nick McGill. I am Olmansaid. <laughs> we are feckless momes, and this is Talk Tall to Me.
And here we see the snake slithering through the grass, approaching an innocent little kitten climbing a tree. The kitten is unaware of the danger that is approaching as it plays gleefully with a butterfly. That butterfly is rare and only just recorded for this podcast. This butterfly is a Toctolicus tumiacus. And it is, if you would believe it, a proud member of the feckless Momzadai family. Oh! Oh, dear Jesus. <laughs> <laughs>